you're listening to CinePunk. This episode, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. I'm your host, Robert J.E. Simpson. In the winter of 1990, the world was introduced to the misadventures of Kevin McAllister, an eight-year-old boy left at home by his family at Christmas only to find himself embroiled in a slapstick caper with two of the most inept housebreakers you could ever meet, the wet bandits Harry and Marv. Written by John Hughes, perhaps best known for the Brat Pack films like Pretty in Pink, Home Alone quickly grew into a franchise, the first sequel released in 1992. With Disney Plus currently rebooting the series, we're taking a look in today's show at Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Now, I'm joined today by CinePunk's very own Ben Simpson. Yes, folks, it's a rare Simpsons-only show because our Rachel Kelly is currently off on her maternity leave. So this is our first Christmas episode where we don't have Rachel to argue with, which I suppose is... I don't know if this is a good thing or not. Um, So, uh, Ben, good to see you again. Yes, you too. In, in this sort of weird, at the end of a very weird year. Very, very, very weird year. Um, but it's no bad thing. So look, this was this was your suggestion that we, we do Home Alone 2. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming then that this is a, a favourite of yours? Yeah, I do. I do rather enjoy this movie, uh, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I've I've seen it that many times. Um, I just think it's a great wee, wee Christmas Fun-filled adventure movie, you know. Even though it's not, um, it's not entirely focused around Christmas, but it it does share a a big part in it. Well, it's more focused on Christmas than Die Hard. Is, yes, which yeah, we definitely. Did not that long ago. Yeah. Of all the familiar sounds of Christmas, surely this one is the most beloved. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. My family's in Florida and I'm in New York. Funnily enough, we never lose our luggage. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, the family that loves staying together. Can I help you? Reservation from McAllister? Couldn't be further apart. He's in New York. This is a vacation. Only two things could ruin this vacation. And they just hit town. Hiya, pal. Yes. Stop that child! Stop it! Where'd he go? I'm up here. Come and get me. You better do better than this kid. You know, a kid always wins against two idiots. Oops. You guys give up? Have you had enough pain? Never! What kind of idiots do you have working here? The finest in New York. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. You wearing aftershave? That's kerosene. Now, why would anybody soak a rope in kerosene? Merry Christmas. Like, do you remember 
how old you were when you first watched this or do you have any recollections of seeing this as a kid um yeah um when was this movie released so the first of the home alone films came out in 1990 um and it was it was a moderately budgeted film as well they only spent about um 30 million dollars on it well 20 million dollars i think it was um it was over what the original plan was supposed to be a warner brothers film and then uh basically the budget was spiraling yeah and they had secret conversations with 20th century fox um whilst they were prepping stuff with warner brothers which is a big Mm no-no like you shouldn't be having a conversation with another film studio to back your film and uh, when the budget became too big warner brothers like walked away but i think they'd already started they just started work on the actual production yeah um and fox were able to come in and just pick up the film and run with it so it came out in in um christmas in 1990 was phenomenally successful um and then a couple of years later they 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 basically run into home alone too um so like didn't really spend much time at all in between them you know it was it was a, a plan to kind of follow on fairly quickly um so home alone 2 came out in christmas of two, well, 1992 um so i can't even i mean you can't have watched it at that point no i don't think young. so because i would have been what four four years old by that <laughs> stage um i think it might have been like maybe 96 or something or uh-huh. um whenever i watched it so probably about about eight, eight years old so like do you remember what it is that drew you in as a kid because i think this this is a film that that does appeal to a wide group of people yeah um but there is something in particular for for a child watching these films that that sort of um i think has extra appeal yeah and i'm I'm just trying to work out what like do you remember how you felt about watching it i remember being um slightly petrified and scared watching it um just because of the nature of it it's like oh, oh my word like there's these two dudes trying to break into this house and, and this kid's left all alone. Um, uh. And But, like, he, he fends off. And the, I, I don't remember, like, laughing, you know, whenever I was a kid. Because uh-huh. it was just in complete, like, awe of it. Um, uh, and the second one... Um, I think I watched it maybe, maybe uh, a year or two later. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah, I, d- I I just remember it being like scary watching it because I was young myself, uh-huh. and and it's like how how on earth do you do you do that? But like watching it again as as an adult, like, and and coming at it from a different angle. Yeah, like like thought wise, um, compared to like the mystery and the wonder of how the heck this kid <laughs> is fending off, um, and protecting his house from from these two uh, idiots. But like thinking, um, what watching it as an adult and and you watch how he handles handles it, and and the thought that he puts into everything, like he plans mm-hmm. out what happens to these guys every single step of the way. Like yeah, it's like you are insanely smart for uh, well, a nine-year-old 
or eight year old was it he, he was i think he's supposed to be eight in the first one and 10 in the second one although in the narrative of the film they only happen at christmas apart yes so he gains an extra year somewhere along the way or perhaps his parents don't actually know how old he is considering um they they don't seem to notice whenever he's not around anyway yeah he must spend a lot of time in his room or something, like, away from his family, because he does seem to really hate his family. They're all a bunch of jerks. Hi. You know, Kevin, last time we all tried to take a trip, we had a problem that started just like this. Yeah, with me getting crapped on. I don't care for your choice of words. That's not what happened last time, that's not what's happening this time. Buzz apologized to you. Yeah, then he called me a trout sniffer. He didn't mean what he said. He was just sucking up to you. Okay, why don't you just sit up here for a while and think things over. When you're ready to apologize to Buzz and to the rest of the family, you can come down. I'm not apologizing to Buzz. I'd rather kiss a toilet seat. Then you can stay up here the rest of the night. Fine, I don't want to be down there anyway. I can't trust anybody in this family. And you know what? If I had my own money, I'd go on my own vacation. Alone, without any of you guys, and I'd had the most fun of my whole life. His family's huge, though. I mean, like you know, we we uh, our family was was you know not massive. Yeah. Um, but like, there's fourteen of them on that trip. Yeah. Uh, it's two families of seven. That is a lot of lot of kids, a lot of adults, um, and it just like strikes you as chaos, and you can see the tensions. I mean, like Home Alone Two opens sort of. Throws you that curveball with the scene in the uh, sort of carol service, yeah. And you see like Kevin and his big brother. Buzz, I, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I'm confused as to whether or not they're meant to be in the same school or if they are into, or if this is like a community group or what. Because like there seems to be quite a big age gap between the two of them. Yeah, like I think Buzz is what he he looks to be at least you know fifteen, sixteen years old or something like that. Yeah, and then there's all the all the other children, and I mean, maybe it's just um, he's actually Buzz is only three years older than uh, Kevin is. He's massive. In, uh, De- Devin D. Ratray, uh, he's born in seventy seven, and uh, Macaulay Culkin's born in nineteen eighty. So it's yeah. only three years, but yeah. it looks like a mu- so it looks like a much bigger difference. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I take it that's like the whole selection thing in in the actors. Um, I suppose it could be. <sighs> I, I, Let's find the hugest child actor that we can find <laughs> who's the same size as an adult. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I I I only rewatched Home Alone too. I didn't rewatch Home Alone yeah. um, ahead of this, so I don't know if maybe Buzz doesn't look quite so old in the first one, and uh-huh. it's just like that that thing with the onset of puberty, and suddenly you like you go, I was a child and now I am a man, yeah, sort of boy. Um, yeah, but he he does look so much bigger and so much older, and obviously there is that that tension within the family. You've got a a massive age range, yeah, and there is going to be disputes and upsets and and everything else. That that is what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bigger gap between you and me. Yeah, there's what seven years between us. Yeah, uh, so I mean, like that that sense of of siblings and tension, like we're familiar with how it can operate. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but I mean, you imagine. I mean, there were four of us. I mean, you imagine adding another three, even just another three into that. Yes, uh, yeah. Like it's not gonna sit well all the time. Um, 
so yes, yeah, so, like it, it's it's it sets up on that, and I mean it's clear that there is an ongoing thing, and the way that they talk about Kevin, he does seem to be like detached. Yeah, I suppose the only one he gets on with seemingly is his cousin. Um, you know his his little bespectacled cousin. Oh right, yeah. Uh, da, 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 uh Fuller, um, who's actually. Macaulay's real life brother Kieran. That's um, his his real life brother. That's his real life brother. Yeah, wow. playing his cousin. So maybe that explains why there's just a little bit more kind of uh, affinity there. Yeah. Um. But it's. Yeah, I he, he, I think you're right. I think he does seem to be. I don't know if he's, he doesn't like his family, but he does seem slightly separate from yeah. them a lot of the time. <clears throat> he seems to be like the butt of the joke, a lot of the uh-huh. time as well. Like everyone's always ripping on him and and you know making fun of him or you know every joke's mm. at, at his expense. Um, though because I haven't uh, recently watched Home Alone, the uh. first one. Um, it's been a couple of years since I've seen the first one. Um, but I do enjoy the the second one. Um, uh, well, I I did enjoy the second one a lot more than the the first one. Well, the criticisms that are leveled at the second one um, are often that it's basically a much more violent um, retread of the first one. That there's not an awful lot of originality in it. It plays a number of the gags exactly the same, which is always the problem I think with a with a, a, a comedy series. Well, even a sequel at that, like there's a lot of the same sort of tropes and. Same beats, yeah. same same stuff. But that um, that's not just going with like Home Alone. That's that's with every, yeah. You know, take John Wick for example. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. Every every John Wick film is the same. It's the same also film. Slightly different, it's like yeah. how how many dudes is he going to kill this time? You know. Well, it's, I mean, is this is this the thing about sequels? Is that part of us wants to see more of what we saw the first time around? Yeah. Um. But at the same time, like if you get too much of the same, you kind of detach from it. Like I, I I'm thinking about something like Anchorman. Yeah, like I find the first Anchorman I, I genius. I haven't seen the second one, so I can't pass <sighs> any judgment on there. I did get told not to watch it because it's not great, <laughs> but um, I give it a go. But it does feel very, very, very semi. Yeah, um, like literally the same, the same gags. Yeah, and like that's just not enough. Yeah. Not not in not in the twenty first century. You know, you want to have a, a bit more, but like Home Alone Two, the criticism it, it, it is it is too much of the same stuff, playing the same gags, and therefore because it's lost its originality, it's slightly less warm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a suggestion that the the sentimentality in it is sort of ladled on. It's not just like a, a kind of a nice little thread that runs through. It's like literally, it's like thick soup, just pour and pour and pour, uh, and it's completely inescapable. Um, you know, so it's overly sentimental and it's overly violent. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about about either of those things? Um the the violence. Like I'm not sure it's any more violent than the first one. Like come on, like uh, the things that he does to them in the first one. It's not really as as bad. Yeah, fair enough. He electrocutes some like. <laughs> Somebody and then he sets another guy's head on fire, and he near, uh, you know, 
he pretty much breaks their skulls with bricks and things I, like I that. Mean, you know how Marv is still walking at any point. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do love the fact that you know when he's 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 hit after he's sort of wakes up, um, from that beating he takes from the from the bricks. Yeah. He's staggering up those stairs all over the place yeah. because clearly the man is concussed. Yeah, um, I, I always feel a bit sorry for Marv when I watch this. I, I kind of he uh, d- definitely does seem to get it a lot worse than <laughs> Harry. Yeah, <laughs> but would you not agree there? Okay, kid, give it to me. How many fingers am I holding up, Marv? Uh, eight. Okay, kid. Oh, completely. I mean, it's, it's a classic. So it's a classic sort of trope of slapstick comedy. Yeah. You've got a, a fantastic double act uh, there in, in Harry and Marv. Um, you know, Joe Pesci is... is ridiculously well known as an actor anyway he plays a, a lot of kind of uh hard kind of characters in martin scorsese films i mean he's he's sort of mafia sort of epitomized yeah um and then daniel stern as marv is is just a little bit uh he, he's sort of the, the 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 um pesci's the straight guy and uh Daniel's the, the the kind of the comic relief, and it works together really well off each other. You know, the dumb one and the smart one. Yeah, like they're both. Was it they say that? Yep. There's nobody dumb enough to knock off a toy store on Christmas Eve. Oh yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they're both thick. Yeah. Um, but they're thick in slightly different ways, and that's part of the appeal. Yeah. Um, so Joe has enough sense, like get out of the road, and there is a sense of like they've learnt like he's he's more cautious about stuff like he is aware that this kid better than before so like things like you know they remember his little tricks mm-hmm. check the doorknobs nope it's not hot this time I'm not going to burn my hand off yeah Um, but at the same time like they they still are stupid enough to, to go chasing the kid that, that got them arrested yeah you know a year beforehand Um, but I just think it's a, a, a great kind of Double act. I I just love um, I love the character Marv. I mean, I, he just makes me want to give him a wee cuddle because he <laughs> seems so um so daft. Yeah, and he gets all the beatings. Yeah, like like four bricks to the head. Like that's gotta hurt. <sighs> I I I I said like it looks so heavy as well. Uh-huh. It's obviously not a real brick, but it looks like a real brick. <laughs> it looks painful. It's the indentations that they've done with the makeup on his head. Yeah. It just really sells it. Yeah. Because I mean it's like like any like this isn't just slapstick violence. Like slapstick violence is always kind of, you know, hitting and decking and everything else. I mean, we we, we did a chaplain last year. Mm-hmm. Um this year, gosh, early on this year, wasn't it? Uh we did a chaplain and when you look at that Was it this year or was it last year? I was the start of this year. You sure? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm gonna question it's gonna question me now and stuff. Mid mid record. Um Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was earlier on this year. Yeah, it was in April. April? 
Uh-huh. That seems like an age ago. It was a lifetime ago. It was just we we recorded just um, as lockdown kind of kicked in. Yeah, or was it about two the first time? Yeah, because we had our recording session booked in just before everything had um, like gone tits up. Yeah, in the world in twenty twenty for future viewers, <laughs> future listeners. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so we did the Chaplin stuff, and I mean, when you start looking at that silent comedy, you can see all that physical violence there, and there is a kind of cruelty to it. Yeah, but it's not just slapstick. This is this is cartoon slapstick violence. Yes, well, like you, you look at the, you know, uh, when Kevin smashes the window and he, like, he knows they're gonna run out of that window uh-huh. to towards him, and uh, uh, was it Harry jumps on the, jumps out the window and lands exactly where he's placed that plank, oh, like the seesaw thing. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. and then he. Flies really high up in the air and then comes crashing down on top of a car. Yeah. Like, that's impressive. Um, <laughs> and it's definitely that very cartoony style of, uh, like, even whenever um, Marv's getting electrocuted uh-huh. and you see the skeleton. Oh, there's a genius bit, that. Yeah. That, that, that is a pure cartoon moment. That That's going beyond anything you would have seen in a silent. Yeah, but, like, you, you look at those, uh, like, like Roadrunner and and stuff like that. Even, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, well, Muttley. Uh, Dastley and Muttley. Yeah. yeah, like, 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 uh, Harry mutters to himself like Muttley does, like, you know. Yeah. It's definitely cartoony style violence, but like that stuff's been around for years, oh, forever. But there, there is this. I mean, this is the argument that was. It's often been made about Tom and Jerry. Yeah, are the ones that usually get side of this because they are quite violent. Parodied very famously, of course, in The Simpsons with Itchy and Scratchy, who just like take it up another level. Yeah, chopping like, you know, heads off and laughing. Well, yeah. well, I think that's the thing is like you know Tom and Jerry and that ilk take this sort of extreme violence and you know they're 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 people get hurt the the creatures get hurt occasionally you'll see like tom walking around with plaster casts and things on yeah because he's taken such a beating from jerry yeah um but the and occasionally they might joke a little bit about somebody dying but it's never really felt that you connect with it but itchy and scratchy then take it further and they kind of go like let's actually have the severed limbs and the blood yeah and make it seem real yeah and this home alone strikes me that the the violence in this sits somewhere between the two yeah, um, it's yeah. not quite it's it, it's not quite itchy and scratchy, sort of blood and guts, but it's certainly a little bit more than Tom and Jerry. I mean, as you said, I don't know if it's the nature of just because it's real life people. Yeah, so you feel the physical pain. You know that there are real life consequences to being lobbed in the head with a brick. Yeah, like <laughs> it will have an effect on you. Now, the the reality is if you get a brick thrown at your skull at best you're going to get brain damage yeah and you're probably going to die and i think four is definitely going to kill you yeah um four direct hits from the tall building. yeah in exactly the same spot like oh what? man the pain the yeah. pain um so there is definitely uh something else there that, that sort of this is it is just a little bit more and it is those makeup touches as well that, that really sell it. It's 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 that indentation on the skull of the brick marks. Or, or or the you know, the 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 scorching of the the head, the then the nail through the foot in the first one, you know, that Marv gets whenever he's walking up the stairs. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I need to rewatch that first one. Yeah, um, um, that's something I've done. Like, it's it's not pleasant. No, like it's oh, everything about it is like you can relate to how 
sore that would feel. Though, yeah. they must be superheroes. Because <laughs> they're not dead? Because they're not dead. The amount of punishment they go for. Like, they fall. I think that building, like, when they're on the rope, right? Uh-huh. Um, They fall at least four stories. Can yeah. you survive if you fall four stories? And the way... The way um, Harry hits the ground first, and then Marv falls on top of him, uh-huh. but his like hands hit the ground like that, and he's perfect. It's like your arms would be in bits after falling four stories. I'm pretty sure, and you, Harry's head he, would be mangled all over the place. You just have to suspend your disbelief ever so slightly. Yeah, I mean it. 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 it, it gives you a real visceral kind of moment yeah like when you watch the stuff happening you you do do feel it but yeah. at the same time like obviously they're okay they are surviving punishments that if you and i were to do we would not get through mm-hmm. um and it's like it's just very hard to, to work out where it is because there's a couple other moments that, that kind of sell this kind of cartoon surrealist um just not quite realistic thing i mean one as you've already said was the the, the skull that pops up what during the electrocution yeah because the noses the way you know whenever they get oh they're crushed by noses the, and they're broken the, they're, the yeah, and, they, and yeah. they both pull them back around oh, that's a nice moment yeah you know, i love that um there's also actually just something as simple as the the f- final final scene spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen this near 30 year old film um when Kevin's chatting in the park and, he, you know, he's across the road from the hotel. Yeah. And, he can, and yet he can hear his father yeah. screaming at the top of his voice. But I think he's psychic it. as well. And his, and his mother. They're, okay. they're telepathic or something like that. Uh, you're putting an extra level on this now. Um, um, well, but, you, you see the bit whenever he first gets in the hotel room and he goes to the window. He sees the star on top of uh, the children's hospice. Yes, from from the window of the hotel across Central Park, and um, uh, he sees that shining, and then he's like, "Oh, good night, mum." And then she's standing out in the rain, mm-hmm. and 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 she's looking off into the distance, saying, "Good night, Kevin." You know, it's like they're psychic. There has to be something there. Oh. Um, well, I suppose even whenever she goes to, to to New York to find him in in Rockefeller Plaza, yeah. Like to be for him to be there at that precise moment is the point where they just meet, miss each other. Yeah, by five seconds. Which, I, I mean, there's, there, 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 see now you're going in slightly deeper stuff. Yeah, because we're slightly outside the world of the film. Um, I think sometimes people are connected like that. You you do find that there are instances where there are people that you're close to, um, where the phone gets picked up suddenly. Yeah, you know, one of you is ringing the other one whilst the other is dialing the number. Yeah, like I mean, that's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to most people. It's like I was just literally just about to call you. Yeah, um, <laughs> random or you both hit call at the same time and you're never sure which call actually is the one that connected. Yeah, um, but one of you did. Yeah, uh, so I mean, like people do connect on some kind of weird psychic level. Yeah. I think that's the thing. And I think it's a romantic notion as well is that no matter where we are in the world, we can look at the same thing. Like we could all be looking at the moon at the same time. And even though we're hundreds of miles apart, the thing that's connecting us is this focal point. Mm-hmm. 
like that that's quite a romantic notion of of sort of interconnect the interconnectivity of the human race yeah i suppose yeah um so i think that's part of the reason why that is played out um also i suppose the bond that a mother and child should have in theory um some mothers apparently don't uh you know maybe suggests that there's something there i mean she does say on the plane yeah something something's missing yeah <laughs> like there's an awareness that something's not right Honey? i have that feeling we forgot something no i don't think we did but i ah oh, i just have that feeling bad memories that's all we did everything we brought everything we have everybody there's nothing to worry about so there's there I mean, there is some sense of like there, there, there is a connection. I never thought about this before about them being psychically linked. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I see. I like to just you know throw crazy ideas out there. You know, that's, just, just that's how I me. roll. Shocks me, Ben. You know, it's like every now and then you'll you'll say something. You just I I'm I, what what where that I come from him. <laughs> yeah. Um. What was it you said to me last night about this? We were chatting about like doing this record. Oh, I can't you, remember. Uh, you can't remember? No. Uh, mocked you for it earlier on. So we're, we're sitting trying to work out like uh, about what we're going to talk about for Home Alone. And um, just in a brief exchange, oh. Ben says to me... Was it about the, the bandits? Like it wasn't even that. It was your, your other question. Are there any problematic oh, people? Problematic, yeah. Problematic actors, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know you've been on this for too long whenever Ben starts asking about problematic actors <laughs> well yeah, I'm just using the language that you and Rachel use you know get, getting on your level you know <laughs> I mean I hate to think that that was the only thing that we ever did on, on Sunny Punk was like go well they, these people are all bad and therefore we can't enjoy these films anymore yeah uh, which isn't what we do although of course there is I mean as you rightly pointed out to me there's one very particularly problematic performer within this film Oh, hi. <laughs> um, the the one-liner, Mr. Oh, Trump. Mr. Trump. President Trump, Donald. Uh, uh, Donald. Oh. Uh, yeah, let, let's is... not um, go off and get into all that nonsense. Well, we'll avoid the politics about it, yeah. certainly. Um, but, yeah, he, he was the owner of the Plaza Hotel um, at the time mm -hmm. that they, they, they shot. They shot in the lobby. And um, basically, uh, Christopher Columbus has said, the director Christopher Columbus has said that uh, basically Trump essentially bullied his way into being in the film. Really? Um, yeah, apparently. Do you, like, do you think he, he had more parts in it that were cut? No, I, I don't think he did. Um, but basically, the way it usually works in New York was that uh, if people want to film in places like hotels, they just ask and it gets granted. Yeah. But and and Trump had done that. There's a fee that you pay, and that was fine. Um, but then Trump added that he had to be in the film. Ooh. Which was typical of Trump. Yeah. You know, he has always been very um, savvy when it comes to. Uh, getting himself on screen to be a celebrity. That's what he does. Um, so yeah, so they, they include his line. But I mean, he's in a whole bunch of films at that time. It's not a, it's not particularly shocking to see him pop up. It's just weird now when we think that this man has been a president. 
Um, but then Ronald Reagan was a an actor long before he was ever a a president as well, and then obviously you got people like Schwarzenegger who've gone the other way. So I mean, it's not completely bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yes, he's probably the most problematic of the performers within this. Um, although uh, John Hurt, who played uh, Macaulay Culkin's father in this one, um, had a bit of a uh, not always the best of, of situations either. He um, he was married actor married to Margaret Kidder uh, at one point, which isn't itself particularly shocking. Only very very brief brief like a week marriage to her. A uh, week, Margaret. Yeah, a week, six days. How can you be married for six days? It it happens. It's particularly in America. It's slightly different. You know, it's easier to kind of go through the whole divorce process. I mean, Margot Kidder was famously, uh, for, I imagine you're aware of this, but for anyone who's not aware, Margot Kidder was Lois Lane in the uh, Christopher Reeve Batman films and did suffer from a lot of mental health problems herself as well. Um, Wait, what, but, what, what films? The Sorry, the Superman films. Yeah, you said Batman. Batman. I, I'm, I'm, it's near Christmas, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the, everything blurs into one. Um, How dare you? But yes, no, he, he, uh, he had a conviction for assault and trespassing. Uh, well, I was charged with trespassing, but a conviction for assault. Um, but, and he was a conspiracy theorist as well, who disputed 9-11 ever happened, or what happened. Um, so very strange. But yes, it's, that's not, it's low key in terms of the level of, of 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 dickhead actors. Really, when you think about it, um, he sadly passed a couple of years ago had a massive heart attack. Um, I can't think of anyone else that's really particularly problematic in this one. Really, to be fair, yeah. Um, everyone else is kind of okay. I, I haven't looked deep enough. I'm sure someone will email in and tell us that we missed this scandal or that scandal. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh. It's fun. What do you think of the the other performers within the film? I mean, a lot of it is 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 geared around Macaulay Culkin, who, like, as he is a kid, I don't think I really appreciated Macaulay Culkin that well. Yeah. Um, I think because it was so parodied, like the whole aftershave ah kind of thing, um, popped up everywhere yeah. in the nineties. Um, I'm only slightly younger than Macaulay Culkin is as well, so there's probably that bit of childhood envy where you see somebody getting to do all these amazing things. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you're not. You're just in your home watching TV. Yeah. Uh, Can I help you? Reservation for McAllister? A reservation for yourself? Ma'am, my feet are hardly touching the ground. I'm barely able to look over this counter. How can I make a reservation for a hotel room? Think about it. A kid going into a hotel, making a reservation? I don't think so. Uh, but, like, so I don't think I appreciate it at the time. But looking back now, I, like, it's, it's a rather... It's a rather solid performance. Yeah, I think it, I think he's great. And oh, see all the way, like, fourth wall breaks in it as well. Uh-huh. Directly looking at the camera and, you know, the way... The wee eyebrow thing that he does, you know, <laughs> it's it's like yeah, um, wearying on the joke the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I think he's great. Um, the the acting is is so solid. Um, and I I just love like how smart, um, like like Kevin McAllister is like mm-hmm. to plan out every minute detail 
<laughs> like he knows one of them's gonna go to the front door one of them's gonna try and get up the ladder onto the roof he uh -huh. he sorts that out he knows after that they're gonna try and get in the doors you know i'll booby trap them and then i'll get one stuck down in the basement and then i'll get them both <laughs> stuck down in the basement you know it's just everything's perfect the timing it's like he's so smart I, like and, I, and he clearly does plan it too because he draws that on the blueprints the modification yeah the, yeah my plan know, <laughs> like he, he does have the sense to think this all through which yeah. I, I find bizarre yeah that you would uh, like I he does this in such a short period of time like three hours three or hours. whatever yeah that's it it's because it's just before nine o'clock isn't it when he's running run to the house yeah and he's still back at the thing because they're going to break in at 12 yeah um so three hour window and he does a full a team on the house yeah it's it's incredible <laughs> and then ringing the police beforehand go and look for the fireworks you know at the end and like i love at the start how um they're like marv uh covers his hand in the the like duct tape or masking tape, tape yeah. or whatever yeah. it is that he's using which isn't really that sticky but well we'll we'll not we'll we'll give that a wee bible um, and he sticks his hand and we're going to be called the Sticky Bandits. And then they end up <laughs> sticky, covered in varnish at the end. And oh, I just love it. <laughs> it's, the, the, I mean, do you want know, this? Is one of those other things. See, when you watch something multiple times, yeah, and you can see how stuff is set up really early on yeah, in the film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, the, the film is dependent on a huge amount of coincidence. Oh, yeah. A lot. Like, <laughs> it's just too much maybe for, but then well, it, I, I don't know like see how he gets lost and ends up in New York uh -huh. like you could believe that but like it, the coincidence of your man looking like his dad from behind with exactly the same coat on well, that, I mean that that's not I see so far that's not entirely unrealistic yeah yeah uh, I mean I have definitely been in places and thought I've seen people that I didn't, um, or I've got confused when I've been going around a, like a, a concert or something mm -hmm. because you see somebody else that's dressed wearing exactly the same gig shirt as you, yeah, or your friends. Um, so I can see that happening. And once upon a time, it was easier to mistakenly board an airplane than it is today although it still happens yeah not very often but i mean there are still instances every now and then of people are somehow bypassing all of security yeah and managing to get on a flight with no passport or on the flight that they shouldn't be on yeah um so that can happen i'm, I'm okay with it at that point um i'm sort of okay with them ending up in new york while the family are in miami yeah um but after that, it's it's like when they he runs into the the bandits twice, you know. Yeah, and the same girl, which helps yep. him get away. You know, the the second time, like uh -huh. gets slapped, and then then she goes with the old fist option. While when Kevin pinches her butt. But then maybe, I mean, maybe we're just asking too much of this because I've never looked at the geography of where this all happens. I mean, my sense is that actually they don't go that far from the hotel. The hotel is right beside the park. Yeah. And presumably the toy shop actually isn't that far away either. Yeah. You know, he goes into a limo and has to drive around New York. Yeah. But presumably it's again within, you know, maybe a couple of blocks. Yeah. 
So all this action is actually happening in a very short space. So if you've got people who are native to the city, as well as people who are sussing out a particular area, yeah, then maybe it's it's quite probable that you will meet the same people multiple times within a day, yeah, or within a couple of days because they're literally doing the thing that they do every single day, and you're in their space. It's it, it's a funny one because you like logically you shouldn't keep on doing it, but it does happen. Mm. But it's it, it. I mean, like I'm I'm picking at this. Like this is the thing that you want to kind of suspend you that, that, that takes you out of the uh, the fiction. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it does though. No, it doesn't. It's just one of those things. I just think there's a hell of a lot of coincidence for him to end up in that situation exactly one year later, going through exactly the same family process. With but he did wish for it. Family. So is it just a Christmas wish? Is this what it is? It's a Christmas miracle because he gets what he wants. Yeah, and then well, like there's a lot of Christmas miracles happening in this. So he he gets to go on he, like he wished to be. I want to go on my own holiday by myself without you lot, and then uh-huh. coincidence happen. He's using his wee talk boy thing, trying to get yep. batteries in it. Why that was so important to put batteries in while you're trying to rush for a you plane. have kids. <laughs> um. <laughs> You've you've kids. You know what they're like. They will focus on the wrong thing yeah. at the wrong time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's the top boy which he, he wants. He gets his batteries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sure they got so many sales from that. They did. Um. It was produced to uh, tie in with the film, and apparently once the, it came out on on video. Yeah. Uh, the sales went through the roof. Yeah. So it, it 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 didn't really. I suppose it impacted sales a little bit. Come up to the Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember my friend in school having one, right? Um, uh, he he had a talk boy, and we we messed about with it um a lot and that whenever, uh-huh. like uh, we were at his house, um, like doing little funny things and speeding up the voice and slowing it down and everything. It was great. Now you can be as clever as Kevin with Tiger's new Talkboy tape recorder. Stop drooling on me. Stop drooling on me. It even has speed control. Hi, kids. We're home early. Hi, kids. We're home early. Tiger's new Talkboy tape recorder comes with audio cassette. Come on. Hiya, pal. Look for Home Alone 2, available now on video. I don't think I've ever used one. I don't think I've ever seen one in the wild. I mean, if I, my my collecting habit is bad enough without yeah. me starting to collect Home Alone uh, well, tie-ins. I think it would be a cool thing to have. You know, yeah. that, it is a rather. I don't think it its mic works as well as it does in the movie. <laughs> I don't think the speaker works as well as it does in the movie. But um, no, they're definitely cool. Cool. The product placement um, is perfect. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not more. Actually, within the film, there's a lot of potential, even in terms of the toy shop. Yeah. I mean, the toy shop is so generic. Um, and the, Well, the, the limo, I think there's like a shot where it's like Coca-Cola and he's emptying uh-huh. the Coca-Cola into the, the wine glass while he's eating the pizza. The cheese pizza. The cheese pizza. Like, why would you just get a cheese pizza? Is that margarita really is what he's asking for, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Because it's clearly not just cheese. Clearly it's tomato as well. I'm, I'm, I'm just, kids are... It's, was it's kid thing, isn't it? It's, it's it's the language of children is not the same as the language of adults. Yeah. I mean, Kevin's clearly a smart kid. Oh, but yeah. But he's still at this stage only a kid. Yeah. 
Uh, um, I mean, we can talk briefly in a minute about about Kevin as an adult, but uh, as a kid, like that is that is his thinking. Yeah. Um. So I suppose that explains probably quite a lot of it. Yeah. Um. I want to touch on briefly, if we can, about some of the other performers in the film. Okay. Because uh, sometimes we end up focusing so much on on one particular individual that we kind of forget that films are ensemble pieces. Yes. You know, in this one, you've got okay, like John Hughes as, as, a, as a scriptwriter. I'm not actually John Hughes' biggest fan. I'm often very. I'm not a big fan of his films, mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he did all the, the kind of Brat Pack films I said in the intro. Um, Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club, all that nonsense that just haven't aged well with me at all. Um, but he did the other stuff as well, and I'm, I'm probably I'm not very fair on him. Um, and he's beloved uh, by a lot of people. So, like, I mean, he did things like the the vacation films, which I actually quite like. Um, Ferris Bueller, which I don't particularly like. Uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck. Um, and then these, which was sort of his, his big thing. Yeah. Um, so as a writer, he's kind of got the chops um it was directed by christopher columbus who um did all sorts of things he was a writer as well mm-hmm. but then he started directing um and he's perhaps best known to, to contemporary audiences for having done the first two harry potter films oh right okay yeah well he's 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 a he's a bit like steven spielberg he's a fairly safe pair of hands to stick a film in yeah um and he's able to do it rather well yeah um i suppose it's some of the other people in this um like tim curry oh yeah the, the double act between tim curry and uh rob schneider schneider yeah is uh <laughs> what do you reckon what do you make of that one oh, i thought i thought it was good um are uh, you a tim curry fan or uh, is he somebody who passes you by i've never really watched much stuff like I know he was in that uh what do you call that Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. other than that, like like Muppet's I Treasure I Treasure Island. <laughs> Muppet's Treasure Island, yeah. 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 He was uh Blackbeard wasn't he? He's uh, Long John Silver. Long John Silver, yeah, that's what it is. All yeah. pirates are they're all the same. All, all the same, that's it. Um <laughs> But no, he was good in that. Um, no, I, I do like him as an actor. I think mm-hmm. he, he he was um, he's very good in in Home Alone too. Even though like he didn't have a massive role, no, he 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 plays it up quite nicely. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's pure pure. Che- I mean it's pure cheese. He's he's a whole cheese pizza. Yeah. in this um, <laughs> himself, uh, I I find I mean like I find him quite enjoyable i don't think it's a good idea for you to start running around all over new york city all by yourself i think if our son can do it i can do it okay but peter i'll be fine the way i'm feeling right now no mugger or murderer would dare mess with me madam there are hundreds of parasites out there armed to the teeth do bundle up it's awfully cold outside i love his uh, facial expressions and like how, how good he is with his <laughs> his his face when he's acting like um you know, he's able to, you know, I'm so great. Oh, oh sorry. You know, is is a very plastic face. He's, he's able to kind of, and it, it, his ability to cope between the soft and the, the dark. Yeah. Really, really quickly. Yeah. So um, you don't know whether, like, the, he acts like a villain in this. 
Uh-huh. Like, he's like, I'm going to get this boy. There's something weird going on here. Ha-ha, it's stolen, you know. I've got you now. And then he doesn't realize that what he's doing, he just handled, mishandled that situation totally <laughs> so wrong. Bad. I love the slap he gets from Katanara. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, I'm not condoning violence, uh, although I find that the, the violence in this is, is, works very well, but... Yeah. He's just so completely insensitive. Yes. And it's just a nicely played moment within the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the the crawling on the floor uh, bit. Oh. <laughs> you know, he's like, you were smooching everybody. He's like, no, uh, you've got it, you've got it wrong. I haven't. Um, he was here last night smooching with my brother and all this stuff. And and then the, the cliff bit at the end, it's like, and then they all look the cliff, the the security guard. He's like, no, it's it's a lie. Uh, uh, it's brilliant. Then the I gun couldn't fire. quite tell if that was a bit of a bit of uh, homophobia within that one, or if it's just a kind of like, oh my gosh, scandal. Yeah. Uh, um, well, you never know. Was it was it's, that it's an American yeah. film? I mean, it's 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 the nineties. I mean, but yeah, the, the the bit where they're crawling on the floor with with Tim, I was just watching how physical that was. Yes, like he's literally just dragging himself on his elbows. Yeah, is pushing himself forward with his feet, you know. But like, it, it, it's so good, so good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh, I, I like that. Um, also, Brenda Fricker doesn't get enough to do in this. Yeah, she, she's she's great though. Like you, you feel so sorry for her, um, and you you just want her to to open up to people and uh-huh. and find love, you know, in in the film. Like her her, yeah. her story's pretty like tugs on heartstrings. Like I, I find, I think, I think it's something that a lot of us can probably identify with yeah. to, to some extent. Um, you know, and obviously there's more to it because it's not just that she ran away from 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 love; it's that she's ended up obviously going from a, a, a comparatively normal and stable existence to to living homeless in the park. Yeah, which isn't really explored, um, but it's a really really softly underplayed performance. Yeah, a lot of it again, it's in the sort of the emotions you can see in the face and the eyes, mm-hmm. and she delivers all her lines like just. Just so gently. Yeah, so soft. So soft. Yeah. And uh So, do you bring your friends up here? I haven't got many friends. Oh, sorry. I'm like the birds I care for. People pass me in the street. They see me, but they try to ignore me. They prefer I wasn't part of their city. Yeah, it's sort of like that with my family. I'm kind of the pigeon of the house. Just because I'm the youngest. Everyone fights for position. Everybody wants to be seen and heard. I mean, she's fab. She's always fab as an actress. Yeah. Um, like everything I've I've seen her in, I've always enjoyed. Um, she's now retired, largely, which is I think a bit of a shame. But you know, same time, enjoy your retirement. You may as well. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, so it's her, and then Catherine O'Hara is as Kevin's mum. Is the other one I think that's always worth worth mentioning because she's. She's kind of fab too. Has boy ever run away from home? No. Has he ever been in a situation where he's been on his own? As a matter of fact, this has happened before. It's becoming sort of a McAllister family travel tradition. Funnily enough, we 
Never lose our luggage. <laughs> he was left at home by accident last um, year. There's a whole big thing recently on social media with people discovering that she is... People discovering for the first time somehow that she is not only Kevin McAllister's mum, but that she's also the mother in Beetlejuice. They're like, it's the same woman. It's like, yeah, duh. She's also in Nightmare Before Christmas. She's one of the performers in that. But um, she is a. She's she's probably mumsy. Yeah. (laughs) Probably mumsy. But also, like, the worst parent ever. Yeah. It's one of the worst parents ever um, because there's two of them there. Like, how, how do you do that twice to your kids? Yeah. The, the emotional trauma. Oh, all oh, that per per per. I mean, if I was if I was Kevin McAllister, I think don't think I'd ever recover from it. No. Um, which I suppose is, is is a good point as any to to mention the the kind of the the parodies and the the homages where the characters have come back and we see. Yeah, moves. yeah. Those are those are fan fantastic. I I love those. We were we were having a little watch just before we came on air. They're just kind of catching up on a few of them. So there's the. Uh, Macaulay did a, a piece a few years ago for uh, Drivers where he basically plays a, a taxi driver version of his older self. Yeah. Um, talking about the trauma of having witnessed what he went through yeah. as a kid. Yeah. How about this, all right? It's Christmas time. It's fucking Christmas. And your whole family, right, goes on vacation. Whole family. And they forget their eight-year-old fucking son. Their eight-year-old son. All by yourself in the house for a week. I'm I'm really sorry, man. I, I did not mean to uh, upset you. I defend off my house from two psychopath home invaders. <laughs> That's really terrible. I was just a kid. I mean, I still have nightmares about like it's <laughs> it's brilliant, and he can still act. Like you got to give him that. He he totally can. I think I think as a as a performer, it's just a shame that in a way he burned too bright too quickly. Yeah, as many child actors do, and then I think he's been haunted to some extent by this film, by this franchise, by yeah. the character, um, and other other issues and problems as well. Yeah, yeah, but I think that that ties in with being the sort of the, the child actor thing, you know. Yeah, all those other the other things kind of come around that, but he, you know, he seems to be a have a, a decent sense of himself, and you know, a bit of bit of irony and yeah. You know, but there's there's two different versions now of what happens to him because you see that version with him as a kind of down and out driven, um, psychopathic almost kind of uh, serial guy. almost serial killer of the home invaders. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> none of them will ever survive. No. Um. So you got that one, but then there's there's the Google advert I think from from last year. Yeah. Uh, where he basically seems to still be living in the same house with mum and dad. Yes. You know, it happens to people these days. It's a weird economic world that we're now in. Um, and clearly he is a mummy's boy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, But he seems to be much more controlled and much more calm. Uh, a lot more forgiving. Yeah. For his his trauma that he, he uh, received. Which do you think would actually be Kevin? Do you think he would be a, a wreck, or do you think he would be calm? Well, you see, in 
in the second movie, his mum does say Kevin is much stronger than than she is. Than she is. Like she would be a total wreck. <laughs> she said, "I'd be dead in a gutter yeah, somewhere." But not but Kevin. Not, not Kevin. Not no. Kevin. Um. So, I think he has. I don't think he would be, uh, the parody. You know, the crazy serial killer parodied version. I don't think he'd be that. I think he'd be some mad, madly successful, um, dude. You know, with his head on his shoulders. Like <laughs> he's not phased. By any of this, no, because he's so smart and so intelligent. I, I, I mean, I suppose this, you've already kind of picked up on it. You, you said that you know he he plans everything through so meticulously yeah. as a kid. Yeah. So within the world of the film, within the wider world, being abandoned by your family on successive Christmases, yeah, and having to defend yourself against home invaders, yeah, are threatening to kill you. Um probably wouldn't do much for most of us it would involve some time in therapy later on yeah i think as you say you know he's so kind of um attuned to what's going on he's so clever he's so meticulous in his planning and he doesn't seem that phased yeah you know he 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 knows exactly what he what what he's set out is going to happen Uh it's like this foresight or you know again he must be psychic. He must be psychic. It's like a Rube Goldberg um, kind of device, but in a in a kind of like anti burglar yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Where every single thing, like you, you know that if you do this, then this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. Yeah. Partly because you don't give them any other choice. Yeah. They have to work through it in a certain methodical process, mm-hmm. and it's just about adapting that. So I, I, I mean, I suspect that yeah, Google has it right. Um, I mean, would there's been talk for years about them doing another one, and there was talk a few years ago about actually having Kevin McAllister come back, Macaulay Har- Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin coming back with Harry and Marv. They so should do that. <laughs> I mean, it's a weird thing as 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 old people. <laughs> well, yeah, I like. I don't think necessarily do it as a reboot. But they, you know, you could, there's so many different ways you could go with something like that. Like, uh-huh. yeah, you could rehash, you know, old gags or whatever, you know, Macaulay Culkin. These guys finally get out after being locked in prison for so long <laughs> for extended Revenge. jail time for escaping, you know, and they're they're old now. And um, they find out where where he lives, and they're trying to get the revenge, you know, to finally ice the kid. But obviously, Which, he's an adult now. You could go that 40? way. I mean, as, as a forty year old man, would it work in the same way? Like, is is part of the whole joy about this not because it's a kid doing this that we kind of go, yeah, okay, that's but, fine. Whereas actually, if it was a grown man doing that, you'd be like. But then it doesn't have to be home alone. But I think like there's a there's a a universe set up there, so you you know you could do something with well, that universe. This is a, I suppose this is the thing now because this is this was a Fox production. Fox got bought over last year by Disney. Yeah. This is now a Disney property. Yeah. Um. So like it's on Disney Plus for anyone who hasn't seen this before. Like as I uh, said, the kid's so smart and. He has psychic abilities. He could be in the Marvel universe for all we knew. 
well, I mean, this is the thing. These, these shared universes are, are, are very, very popular. So, I mean, they are doing... They're, they're rebooting the franchise. Yeah. Um, although apparently it's not it's not going to be the McAllisters. Um, this is a slightly different sort of setup. Uh, but the I haven't watched the... Band. I haven't watched that. the other two Home Alones. I think I watched the third one many years ago, but I I wasn't too keen on it. Oh, the, the, I I'm, I have I think I've seen bits of them once. This the third one was written by John Hughes as well. So, uh, apparently, actually, they'd wanted to do two films back to back. Yeah. So they wanted to film Home Alone two and a Home Alone three because they're aware that he would Macaulay be Culkin was getting older. Yeah. So let's do the two films at once and still use him but apparently the money was too big so they like they couldn't do it yeah which is why macaulay Culkin ends up getting replaced yeah um for the third film which i think is a shame it but is a I, shame I, I don't know i part of me would love to see uh, the, i mean one of the, the kind of i think the easier options that they've suggested is, is having macaulay Culkin's kid having to go through similar situations you know that kind of setting the the kevin's kid mm. but i kind of think like oh that you're just suspending that 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 coincidence thing again another generation yeah i know I, more... I, I think they'd have to come at it from a different different angle i would like to see it from a different angle like you know an older version obviously that's not going to happen because it's disney and family friendly and all that well i don't know because they've got um they've got deadpool now you know i mean deadpool has changed things for them uh, they've got deadpool yeah because deadpool was fox was it all right yeah um, yeah, but because that, but they they don't they. I'm pretty sure it's not on Disney Plus. Um, because it's R rated. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I think things are changing within that whole. I mean, the, the, we we probably at some point could have had a conversation about this. Yeah. Um, about how Disney's acquisition of Fox is going to change what it means to be part of disney yeah um and also how they deal with the 20th century brand uh with, you know they dropped the fox name but you know, the 20th century is what's now called yeah um because of these negative associations with the fox news network uh during the trump era in particular yeah um so uh, like i mean there's a, there's still a lot of questions out there in terms of what's going to happen yeah in terms of of, of what sort of films are going to come out uh-huh. i think disney is probably going to have to um but disney's always had other content that that people are maybe surprised about um and i think maybe that's just what's going to happen i think over the next few years we're going to see that that the house of mice is not going to be just those kid-friendly films it's going to be much much wider i mean some of the marvel films are not exactly child-friendly no no they're definitely not but um, i think i think that'd be a good thing though like like disney could be for everyone and not strictly yeah. kids yeah i think i think that's exactly how it's going to be um i think it's i think it's going to be a, a much much bigger uh bigger enterprise yeah so in, in terms of like having an r-rated home alone i don't know that i want it to be r-rated no no i'm not I'm, I'm not saying like for it to be r-rated but like the i would like to see uh macaulay culkin um joe pesci and daniel daniel stern daniel stern i would like to see something with those three again not uh, rehashing old 
old gags and all that, but something something new. But in that universe, you know, mm. it could be a little bit older. It could you know, um, but I think they could they could do something with that. Like whether it's Kevin trying to seek forgiveness for getting him locked <laughs> up or whatever, or them seeking forgiveness on trying to kill this kid after spending years and years in jail or them trying to ice him again, you know, uh-huh. something could happen that way. I think that would be a really cool thing to, to see. Oh, Just because of the chemistry that. back then, you know, with all of them, it seemed, seemed so, so good. Yeah, well, I mean, apparently Joe Pesci and, and Macaulay Culkin didn't really get on on set, Joe, Joe, which was a bit mean to him. Yeah. Um, he, he felt that Macaulay was a bit spoilt and also that he probably quite liked somebody not treating him like a spoil, like, you know, sort of indulging his every whim. Yeah. Um, but he's a kid, come on! Yeah, although Pesci himself was apparently quite awkward on the first, I don't know about the second one, but certainly in the first film, he, he kind of has all sorts of problems with their, their filming schedules and things. Yeah. Because um, he likes to play a round of golf before filming in the morning. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow, but yeah. well, you know, big actors, stars, drama, big stars, you know, they, big stars. it happens. Yeah, um, I, I have to say now. I mean, in terms of the, like, just quickly come back to violence before we we wrap this one up. Uh, like, I was surprised to find myself guffawing last night watching this again. Yeah, um, like I've seen this multiple times. Yeah, me too. But I still like, laugh out loud. I have a smile on my face like, yeah. during a lot of it. Yeah. But it was it was literally the first point at which I laughed out loud was the first brick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I could not hold it in. Put it that way. I mean, like I'm laughing before that, but the point the first brick comes down, I am sitting and something the laugh comes out. Yeah. And that whole home invasion sequence, mm. I'm I'm chortling away. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of going like. <laughs> This is so ridiculous and this is so painful. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I know what's happening in the staples in the ass and everything. I'm just like. <laughs> staples in the uh, ass, staple in the crotch, staple I, in the I, nose. I just don't find that films often make me, you know, actually create La- that kind of physical yeah. reaction in me. Yeah. Um. So. It's so I good. Mean, I, I had totally expected to kind of come at this and kind of go, eh, it's okay. You know, but I've actually found this is a Christmas film that I I I, I really like. Yeah, I I like it too. Um, I think for it being so old, yeah, it's it holds up so well. Oh, phenomenally! I don't think there's any any reason not to. Although when I'm thinking about his room service bill of nine hundred and fifty-seven dollars, yeah, but or whatever he was staying is. in the plaza. So my gosh, that's a. I mean, he was only there for a couple of days. He ate so much ice cream. <laughs> was he there for one night, two nights? Before... Because, they, no, they go off on Christmas Eve. It's all on Christmas Eve. That's not Chris. No, it, it's not Christmas it's, Eve. It's Christmas Eve when the, the robbery happens. Yes. So he's there for... I don't, he doesn't spend a night He spends anywhere. a night. She says goodnight um, telepathically to each other. Then... He gets up the next day, goes to the toy store. He hears about oh. the plan. Um, Which is for that day. So there's only one night he spends in the hotel room. So he's only in that hotel room for one night. And he manages to run up nearly $1,000 in room service. Yeah, but it's the plaza. And today's money. 
that's going to cost you what? It's roughly about doubles every 10 years. So 1992, 30 years later, you're talking like two grand. About four grand. Yeah. In a room service bill for one night. My gosh, this is Trump Plaza. Yeah, that's what it is. Because like he's staying at the, Trump, staying Trump had at the to make his money somehow, you know. Well, but then, he does. He, yeah, like he, he was getting dry cleaning and, you know, stuff done and. Yeah. You know, obviously, he had to get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh-huh. He's not going to just go out and just eat ice cream. I mean, what 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 does Kevin's dad... I mean, I, I saw someone else ask this recently. What the hell does Kevin's dad actually do that I, they can afford to take the family of 14 away he, every year? He must have a pretty live, good job. <laughs> like, lives in this mansion thing. And his brother lives in a bloody epic house in New York as well. Yeah. Like, like they're clearly loaded, the minted family. Yeah. Just, just privilege, eh? White. This is this is this is white, white middle class privilege. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what this is. It's all white privilege. Um, so yeah, look, this is this. Is, I mean, there's no Rachel here to tell us that she doesn't like the film. Oh, I suspect this is one of those occasions where she probably would agree with us that this is a good film. She might, or she <laughs> might hate she... it entirely because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that I've suggested that she doesn't really like. <laughs> So. I'm just going to assume, I'm going to assume because I can't be bored taxing her. You know, it's like Rachel. I'm assuming that you like Home Alone too. If you don't, uh, and you've actually listened to the podcast, um, you can argue with us on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. So you can argue with us on Twitter if if she doesn't like it. We'll assume that she likes it. So, uh, anything else you want to add before we before we wrap this up? Uh, give it a watch. Um, uh, if you haven't seen it. Um, somehow, um, it is a good good Christmas movie. It's funny. Um, give the first one a watch as well. Nah, don't watch the third one or the fourth one. You'll have to introduce your kids to it at some point. Yeah, I will. I have to. I'd love to hear what they what they felt about it. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to do that. If you got kids, <laughs> get them to watch it too. Um, I you're asking for trouble with your wee boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll come down to broken bobbles on the the floor, which I'll stand on. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I loved it. Um, I it doesn't matter how many times I watch it, it still makes me laugh for some reason, and I think that's a sign of a good movie. Totally agree. I, I, I mean, this is this is a rare film that is probably timeless. Um, I, I think it's 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 packed full of gags. Yeah. Um, fair enough. If you've seen the first one, there is a, a certain amount of derivative, uh, but I, I mean, I I sat and laughed out loud again having seen it multiple times uh, and uh, anything that is able to induce a proper belly laugh after you've seen it multiple times has yeah. to be a good film yeah yeah in some way shape or form so look ben thank you very much for for suggesting this and for for doing the pod no problem um hope at some point we'll go back to normal broadcasting i don't know when that's going to be but for now we continue with this this wonderful world of distant relationships um to folks if you've enjoyed tonight or this this edition um you know you can you can get in touch with us drop us some messages let us know what you think about home alone uh we're on social media you'll find us on twitter and facebook as cinepunked we're on instagram as cinepunked film we've got our website www.cinepunked.com you find this podcast hopefully you can find the rest of them if you don't already give it a subscribe if you do subscribe you can always give us a wee review we'd love a wee itunes review or two um it does help 
tell your friends and family about the show and um, we will be back in your ears again ridiculously soon I hope and there's a whole archive of previous episodes for you to indulge in if you don't like this particular film or you're interested in what else we have to do uh, at some point we'll get back to live events in the real world but who knows when that will be this 2020 year has been a, a rather rather unusual year I think um, so from, from me and from Ben goodbye goodbye Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, and a Happy New Year. Hiya, pal. Deck the halls with Marv and Harry. Yes. Make their Christmas not so merry. Give them bricks and give them riches. One more Christmas in the trenches. Toss some paint cans down to greet them Send the toolbox down to meet them Serve the nails for Christmas dinner Kevin is declared the winner May I do the thinking please? Home Alone 2, Lost in New York you work after shave? That's kerosene! Now why would anybody soak a rope in kerosene? Merry Christmas! Oh.